0: Are you an empty nester looking to downsize from the family home? Are you finding your home no longer serves the purpose you bought it for? Do you need to declutter and don't know how or where to begin? If so, this podcast is for you. Hi, I am Belinda Woolrich, downsizing expert, author and director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. Welcome to the Right Size Your Home podcast
1: series where I share insights, knowledge and the Right Size Your Home framework to help
0: and support you move through the process effectively and efficiently with a practical step-by-step roadmap on how to overcome the fears and challenges of right-sizing and plan to make the journey a fun, stress-free and profitable process. Hello, Belinda Woolrich here and welcome. Thank you for attending this online workshop wherever you are and whatever time it is in the world. It is great to have you here online and we appreciate your time and effort to be on board. Our best wishes to you, your family and community and friends. A bit more about me. I'm Belinda Woolrich. I'm a downsizing expert after project managing hundreds of downsizes and helping people through this transformation over the last decade. I'm also an author of the book Right Size Your Home, The Empty Nesters' Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. I am also the Director of Learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au where I have written and designed several courses to help people in their downsize and get in control of this journey.
1: Okay, so a little bit about Bevan. So Bevan, you're the manager of the Professional Landscapers um, based in Sydney. So Bevan um, specializes in stunning landscape um, construction and installation and also meticulous garden maintenance as well as um, looking after the exterior of properties and their detailing. So basically making sure they look amazing. That's what Bevan does. So um, to kick off, what what I would like to cover today, we've got five major um, slides and topic areas. And uh, the first one being how to assess the state of your garden. So that's something when we work together, of course, Bevan, uh, something we do straight away is to have a look at what we've got and uh, work out the plan of action for it. Um, I'd like to also find out what typical problems that you normally see um, when looking at a property for the first time um, and if one's been let go. So we'll talk about that. Um, Next topic will be what is a normal maintenance program and also what can you do to create the impact without wasting money. Then we're going to go to wow factors that all all gardeners' gardens can have. Um, and then some top tips and further questions from Bevan. So, moving on, let's start. So, um, Bevan, talk to me about how to assess the state of your garden when you, when you first see it. And I think that if people are spending more time at home and in our demographic, um, we do a lot of time at home anyway, maybe sitting out on your deck now having a look at your garden, so what would you be looking for?
2: Obviously, like, first impressions, whenever you up to the front of the house whether it be in the driveway or or the pedestrian access to the property uh, first impressions so making sure it's a clean space easy to get to um probably even before that identifiable so you can actually see see you know house numbers um but it gives you a clear direction of how to enter the property um Mm -hmm. that's always my my key whenever i walked around with you belinda i was like um, how Mm -hmm. do we make sure that we can see see the property clearly, see how we access the property, and make sure it's, you know, clean lines, especially yeah. at the nutrients.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And I think too, Bevan Gardens are, um, should um, enhance the property. So, yes they should look amazing um, standalone but really we're looking at how can we how can we make the property um, look even more beautiful uh, using the landscaping and that's definitely something we always look at. so was it easy to find have I got um, safe easy access into the property and um, what can we do to make that property look better?
2: yeah exactly and making sure that the you know the garden complements the house so um quite often we find that the houses is in good nick but the garden's been you know left to go a little bit and they don't talk to each other um you know plants might have been there for a long time so changing them out to make sure they complement the house trying to modernize it a little bit but also give it a bit of you know bit of impact at the front when you walk in um is always good and I think you'd agree we sort of generally try and concentrate our, our works around that sort of front entrance main part of the you know the house back living areas sort of thing where you're, where it's visual and you're going to get the most impact and, and value out of, out of out of your garden.
1: We definitely do. Tell me, tell me more about this note here you've got keep simple themes. What would that involve?
2: A lot of the gardens I go to um, are cluttered and there's a lot going on in them um the best gardens and the gardens designers that i work with keep things simple so they'll have a planting palette of you know generally between five and seven plants that they use they replicate creating pockets um you know clusters of plantings that work throughout the garden rather than doing you know two of these one of that two of these one of this which gives it a garden has no identity because nothing can grow up and shape and form into to areas that you know that are going to give you the impact um so simple don't overthink it pick you know even three to fold plants and just replicate them but in clusters so that it fills out the space and you've got a good pocket of you know agapanthus or a good pocket of gardenias or a good pocket of you know salvias perennials that are all together um rather than having you know the garden plants spread out across the garden with no real impact by themselves they make better impact when they're in you know, together in clusters
1: yes okay and it probably gives for me it gives that message of being a little bit more in control and easier to maintain as well
2: yeah correct correct
1: and that's of brings you've definitely covered uncluttered and defined beds there on the pointers and that brings us to that last point on this um talk. Topic, which is about not giving, uh, give the maintenance dream rather than a daunting thought. So, definitely yeah. with, um, especially in our demographic of, of a right sizes market, um, yeah. it may be the case of um, they may like uh, a cottage garden feel or lots of variables in the garden. However, if you are thinking about heading towards that downsize or that round at that, that right size, now is really the time where we should look at pairing that back. Um, and we are appealing to a, sli- a different demographic. So they're going to be wanting a different sort of maintenance program that a downsizer would normally have.
2: No, exactly. I mean, the whole idea is, you know, you, you don't want to be in your garden every weekend. You want to try and minimise the time in it. And the, the way to do that is to keep things simple. Um, don't go over the top. And, and plant plants that are hardy uh, that don't need a lot of attention um, you know, throughout the year. So. Mm.
1: So we talk in inside the properties we do and outside the properties. It's a similar message. So if we're looking at making over a garden and it will be for an eventual pre-sale, whether it's sooner or later, um, it takes a while to get to that point. And um, doing that, uh, scaling back and thinking about the next buyer or how will my target market like to look at this garden, not necessarily how I do. So as a as a potential downsizer, I may love I may love spending time in the garden, and it um and it takes up a lot of my time. But potentially a future purchaser probably won't.
2: No, exactly, exactly. Trying to trying to free up that time to enjoy life, not be tied to the garden.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So moving on to the next question, Bevan, you see some typical problems. You've had how many years? I've um,
2: uh, been in- doing this for thirteen years in gardening, and before that uh another eleven years on golf courses um so
1: yep so you,
2: large gardens as well
1: you, you do know your um you do know your landscapes definitely yep. and um as we've visited properties together, we often we do see similar things but um yeah tell tell us a bit more about what you find
2: the most common most common thing you see is is probably garden neglect, so not being mulched, not being fertilized. Plant health, generally quite poor. Um, plants in the wrong spaces, uh, you know, full flowering plants, like some gardenias in, in shady spots that are just never going to perform. Um, but the, the, the biggest one is probably the the, the, the weeding, the mulching, and, and just the, the, the musters of gardening. You know, if you're going to have a nice garden, you've got to look after it. Um, and I, I, I would say, you know, probably two in 10 gardens that we go to would be mulched and fertilised. The other eight eighty percent generally aren't. I mean people just time poor and generally gardens don't get well looked after or they don't have a gardening company employed. Um in most of our most of our pre sale sort of markets we go to, um, that'd definitely be number one would be gardening.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, tell me more, so that's really the ground cover, but tell me more about trees. What, what are your thoughts oh, on that?
2: Trees, again, trees obviously play a big part in gardens um, as features. Uh, generally, again, they don't, people don't tend to maintain them and they can tend to you know, invade too much space, overhanging gutters, overhanging paths, um, blocking out light. Um, And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, uplifting a tree to create, you know, light through to the garden, looking back down at a block rather than having, um, you know, trees overhanging sitting areas, you know, as I said, pathways, entranceways. Um, People tend to try to, you know, generally forget about tree maintenance and and pruning and, um, you know, tidying up palms is a big one. You see a lot of palm trees and, and just uplifting them up, having them clean and tidy, removing all the seed pods. It presents so much cleaner and tidier.
1: Um, you and I have spent many a conversation on palms and uh, and cleaning up areas. And the biggest, um, I think, w- what we see in our um, in our experience, especially in pre sale, is um, a bit of a lack of thought as to where they were put. So maybe over yeah. having, um, constant um, causing constant pool maintenance and. Um, yeah onto furniture and uh, just causing a lot of issues. And yep. um, we've also spent a fair bit of time trying to regrow grass as we've lifted trees, so. Correct,
2: correct, correct. And, 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 and that's what I mean. Trees um, unmaintained tend to dominate the garden yeah. landscape and, and you lose grass, you lose, you lose sight lines. Um, you know, it becomes harder for plants to survive and grow and thrive when they've been dominated by you know, tree canopies.
1: That's really interesting. Um, so we, we, as a general rule, as you said, right at the start, it starts from even the street appeal. When you first pull up to the property, you've got to always have those clear paths and um, clear and clean paths.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and with trees, um, again, it's not something that you can quickly do. So regenerating grass is not something... Um, it's worth having a look in your garden now and just seeing what trees may need to be looked at because it, it will take a few weeks, a couple of months to really... Um, fix that problem let light in and bring that back especially as we're heading into um, different seasons it means different things
2: yeah and then people would be surprised sometimes you have a cluster of palms you can actually thin them out or or strelitzias, and and thin them out and make them a feature rather than just a a, an overgrown sort of eyesore in a garden thin them out remove a lot of them and and get them looking cleaner and and they become a really nice feature and, and not a dominating feature in the garden
1: yeah, good point. And um, we've often thin- thinned them out and put them into some lovely clusters of pots on a deck. So yeah. Um, yeah. don't waste them. Um, use right. them on the place. It can be terrific um, to your benefit. A terrific looking planted pot. <laughs>
0: Hi there, Belinda Woolrich here, downsizing expert, author and
1: also director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. I wanted to share with you the fantastic online courses that we have. Here at rightsize Your Home, we have three available courses. The first one starting with shifting your mindset. It's understanding the right time to moving roadblocks and also how to be ready for your downsize. The next course is the Declutter Challenge. This is all about
0: planning and getting stuck into your family home declutter. And then the last of the three is part three, adding value to your family home. So this is all about
1: profiting and getting the best sale price and also the most efficient process. I hope you love the courses as much as me. Give it a go, what are you waiting for? You'll find them and much more at www.rightsizeyourhome.com.au. All right. So um, moving on to the next question, what is a normal maintenance program to create impact um, without wasting money and effort? Uh,
2: Exactly. So a lot of it depends, again, on the garden, the size of the garden. Um, to me, a good lawn, well maintained lawn, um, is key to presentation and maintenance. So, making sure that the lawns are cut, you know, in growing season at least every, you know, two weeks as a minimum. Um, again, it defines the areas; it makes the place look kept um, and presentable. Um, and then with gardening, I mean, uh, a lot of this that we do is everything's budget oriented. So, people that have you know, a bit more disposable income, and happy to spend money on their garden. We mm. generally, generally tend to tend to it every two weeks, um, but most of the times it's a it's a monthly uh, visit to the gardens to to shape, hedge, clip, check plant health. Um, and what we try to do is, um, when I set up a maintenance program, we'd have it every two weeks. So yes. the lawns are getting done every two weeks. Every second visit would be an extended period to tend to garden and plant health, and, and as I said, hedges, and that varies depending on. The size of the property, what sort of garden it is, you know, how many hedges there are, do you need ladders, etc. etc. Um, but yeah, at least you need to be in the garden at least once a month. I mean, the growing season, the weeds, you know, the, the weeds obviously they grow as fast as plants, um, making sure plants aren't growing into each other, you know, jasmines are under control, um, you know, plants are getting. Prune back, cut back at the right time of year. All your perennials, you know, in the winter months, and ornamental grasses. Um, doing your tree pruning in the winter time, getting everything set up for a for a springtime, you know, mulch and fertilize and boost to get the garden kick started. But um, yeah, my my tip is a monthly as a as a as a minimum um, lawn sort of every two weeks in the growing season, and then scale it back a little bit in winter um, for lawns. Um, but I still like to keep the gardens on a monthly visit.
1: Yeah, and that means you're not wasting any money because you're not doing some rework there? Um, no, exactly,
2: exactly. It's all, you know, preventative is, is, is much better than curative in gardening. If you can prevent plants, you know, dying or, or, or prevent big cutbacks needed, um, it's a lot better for the plant. You know, it removes the opportunity for the plant to go into stress from heavy cutting back. Um, and, you know, it's a lot more cost-effective to do it regularly than to do one big off hit.
1: Yeah, and I would generally say too that um, the ones that that do go into stress are are not really good for a pre-sale viewing. No. Um, So... Again, I think it's something that if you if a right size or a downsize is on the radar um, and you feel you're keeping up with it as a property owner at the moment, but you think it would be good to have some extra hands, yeah. um, it would be good to get that maintenance program in line um, as soon as possible so you can then reap the benefits and, and it's a far more cost effective way to do it. So um, no one in, no one particularly likes sore knees and getting, getting down and, and attending to this stuff for hours and hours and hours. And it gets. Um, harder to do. So definitely if someone there can even take a little bit of the stress off, um, you're also heading towards a good um, presentation process in medium term anyway.
2: Yeah, It's the old thing though, like people become time poor and, and the garden unfortunately is probably the first the first culprit of it and it does, it sucks up a lot of time and, and most of our time in, in pre-sales is, is getting the garden back to some form of definition and, and weeding and presentation. But um, a little bit goes a long way. A little bit and often goes a long way.
1: Um, so building on that, so if we've got the maintenance up to date and people are coming um, and then we're looking at that um, that uh, eventual presentation, how can we get that wow factor? And not necessarily for sale, but what about for the homeowners themselves anyway?
2: Um, simple things, gurning and cleaning paths. Um, you know, pathways get a lot of traffic. They get a lot of you know, runoff water. Dirtiness from plants. Um, giving them a clean two to three times a year. That's a simple, cost-effective. You know, you can you can purchase a gurney from Bunnings for under a hundred dollars. Um, that would that would help keep the you know the presentation and, and the wow factor. That's well, this place is looked after. Someone cares about the you know the interests of the property, and that's a simple, um, cost-effective measure um, straight away. Um,
1: we, we do that every time we see a property together. I know that. Um, and um, so, if they don't want to operate or go and buy one of those themselves, you bring them along, correct? Isn't we bring it? them along, correct?
2: We will, we have you know three or four of them within our fleet that we we take out to properties on on pre-sales. Um, and again, it's always you know it's probably one of the last things we do because it makes a, it makes a big impact. Clean, tidy, path. Yeah, Um
1: I'm a huge fan of that.
2: Yeah, it's um, it certainly finishes everything off, um, and it's. I don't think it's done regularly enough. I mean, I know myself, I'm not a big fan of getting the gurney out because it's time to set it up. But if you do it two or three times a year, it makes a big difference um, to the cleanliness of the path. And also longevity too of the paving, you know, grout, make sure that's all clean and tidy. Um, It's good good preventative maintenance as well.
1: Terrific. Okay. Um, the notes here on the on the presentation says a good view of the property. We touched on that at the beginning, but really the property is, is um, uh, framed by a beautiful garden. Yeah, uh,
2: correct. Yeah, we definitely.
1: About making sure well, the property can be... Used?
2: I, I always try to get a feature tree in somewhere. Um, love magnolias, love frangipennies when they're out um whether it be in pots or something like that but just to try and give some sort of wow how good does that look at the front and and it's not a doesn't always have to be you know a fancy pot and a big big tree it can be you know three smaller pots and three smaller trees just to give a a a real well factor as you walk in or somewhere in the garden that um, you can create space for it because it, it looks um it just gives the garden again a bit more of identity bit more going on a bit more intrigue um, than just a square box hedged up and long going to it um, I just I think it people always underestimate the value of, of what landscaping can add to properties um, and I think for you know not always a, a large expense small expense you can create you know big whale factors um, especially at entrances and, and focal points around the garden off terraces and you know looking back down towards the back of a block um, trying to break the line of sight of the pool, for argument's sake, you might put a nice beech tree in. Um, I know we're trying to get something in that's going to set it off and and give it that bit of wow.
1: Absolutely. And I I think too that um, it's a fine balance because we talked about um, our demographic often liking more plants in the garden. But uh, for that um, target market that we're appealing to, Grass is king for them as well with younger children and so on. So it's a real balance. We really want to show off um, the size of a block. Correct. Um, so we don't want too big a deeper garden beds, And we also want a fair bit of grass down where we can. But at the end of the day, like you described, just grass and no edging is, is, is not attractive. It oh, no. can be done a whole lot better. So um, it really is worthwhile getting an expert to talk about that sort of stuff and making sure that um, you uh, give that nice balance and think about your target market involved there as well. And again, sell the dream, don't sell a maintenance nightmare. Most no, often.
2: exactly, exactly. And, and so people want to be able to walk in and go, oh, this is presentable. This isn't going to need that much attention. I can see, you know, I can see everything out there. Um, rather than them walking and go, wow, you're going to have to spend some time on this. This is a
1: bit yeah, good. yeah. Um, and a reason not to buy it would be the other one. So uh, we've had we've often thought that people will say, well, that's going to cost me twenty thousand dollars to cut all that back and get it to a, a, a maintenance um, program that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, so it's a reason not to pay full asking costs as well. Sometimes. And that
2: and that goes to um, you know, a lot of the stuff we do, Belinda, like. Yeah, reinventing and rejuvenating decks giving them a clean and oil um, painting pools you yeah, know yeah. fixing up pavers, all sorts of stuff that is it's not big dollars but it makes a big difference to the end outcome um, mm. for the for the owners
1: yeah definitely that's a really good point we, we've even we've shocked uh, some of our owners about how good their places can be um, yeah. work we've done together most definitely yeah. and really yeah added value. So um, the other thing I think is important to remember here, a a few of those wow factors, enhancing the property and think about how much money you can actually add to the value of your property by investing a little and uh, in the right areas and returning a lot, which we've done many, many times. Yep.
2: Totally agree.
1: All right. So um, Bevan, to wrap up your top tips. um, Yeah. You could what Top
2: are. tips would have a would be plan um, you've got a calendar um, Have a plan so right out springtime is is cutting back mulching fertilizing, getting ready for the growing season. Um, summer is all about maintenance, keeping growth under control. Um, autumn again is back putting back nutrients into the garden with mulching and fertilizing. Uh, and then winter is again back to our cutback sort of heavy tree work. Um, but have a plan in your garden, and, and one that when you've got a plan, you can you can budget. You know how much your mulching costs. You know how much your fertilising costs. Mm. You can put a budget in for plants. But if you if you've got a plan of what you want to do in the garden for a year, um, it makes life a lot easier, and you can commit to it. Um, you know, commit to spending that weekend in the garden, or, or say, hey, I'm going to get the gardeners in four times a year. And, you know, I know what I do and I do have clients that only see us four times a year and every time we come, it's, you know, X amount of dollars and we do, these are the items we're going to do. Um, they take care of all the maintenance in between and we just come in and do the big hedging, the big tree works, the fertilising, the mulching, um, you know, anything that needs replanting, we would see them before we go. But um, having a plan, an annual plan of what you're going to do in the garden Um would be would be one of my top tips. Um, second top tip would be plant health. Um, you know, there's so many. Sydney's a very hard climate. But actually, not so much grow plants, but with the humidity, we get the rainfall, the heat. Um, you know, the ash. It's it's it, it's it's hard to um, gardens to thrive unless they are have lots of nutrients. Getting pest and disease, you know, checks regularly. Um, you know, quite often we turn up to gardens and you know the gardenies are covered in you know sooty mould or black scale, and that's purely because of humidity and never been, never had a pesticide or an eco oil applied to them. Um, so you know, plant health uh, and lawn health, fertilising. You know, plants are no different If They don't eat and, and and feed properly. They don't grow. Um, more susceptible to diseases uh and you know pest attacks yeah,
0: yeah.
2: um second point is is probably uh, third point is probably you know pathways and front entrance presentation yes uh, keeping them clean and tidy um removing cobwebs you know washing down the weatherboards, washing down you know sides of houses clearing gutters stuff that's you know it is basic but quite often not not done to yeah. um, fourth point would be you know one of my bugbears is, is is lawns they don't need to be cut with an inch of their life i mean leave a bit of grass on them yeah. um, make them look healthy uh you know less is more to me and lawn mowing you don't need to the more you remove the more you've got to put back in, in in terms of leaf nitrogen so um quite often we go to places and you know someone's got a bit trigger happy on the snipper or the mower and It just doesn't look great.
1: No, it doesn't look (laughs) great. Yeah, indeed. Um. Yeah, well, that's great. So that, that they're terrific tips. A yeah. um, couple of questions for you, uh, Bevan. So um, you, your service area is there um, in New South Wales, Sydney, and the Highlands. Um, Sydney
2: Highlands. Um, we do we're doing a couple of projects up in the Hunter. Um, we're about to do two on the Central Coast. So um, we do travel for for larger size projects. Yes. Um, Maintenance wise, though, we're sort of Sydney based and and Hunter, um, Southern Highlands. Mm. So. That's sort of our main sort of focal point.
1: Yeah, of maintenance. Right. We can get the
2: big the difference point. between us and, and most other landscaping businesses is within the same um, office, same house, same company. We've got you know construction, landscape, garden maintenance, and also pool maintenance and external yeah. cleaning. So that's um, the
1: other thing I wanted to mention. The pool maintenance, and um, I can only assure you, but well, both services. Obviously, we've used them constantly,
0: yeah.
1: um, but excellent and really good idea to keep them. Uh, done at the same time. So if there's pressure washing, etc., cetera, um, Bevan can certainly time in the, the maintenance of the pool straight after to make sure that uh, that they work well together as well. Yep. Um, so that's um, a real bonus. No one, it, well, some people love looking after a pool, but you know, most of our downsizers don't enjoy um, the uh, maintenance of the pool as well as the garden sometimes. So that's good. Um, next event's coming up and podcasts would be downsizing roadblocks what are they um and how do i move them as well as what is on your bucket list so what what do you want to achieve as a right sizer when you've when you've got through this um property exchange. Um, how can you sell your home with no open for inspections? So, um, sometimes uh, people don't enjoy having open for inspections and certainly there's been some issues around the COVID environment with that. Um, so, how can that be done as a normal thing? Um, and I want to find out where I can downsize, but how do, how do I do that? How do I get my new home? You know you want to right size, but how do you find it? So, we've got some really exciting guests coming up. Um, and constant um, right-sizing information uh, on our podcasts and webinars. All right, a couple of learning opportunities for you to upgrade and find out more about what we have to offer. You can, of course, buy the ebook, which is $9.99, The Right Size Your Home, The Empty Nesters Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. It's a much deeper dive of this um, getting your right size right. Um, And I'm sure you will enjoy reading about that. Also, our online courses, I recommend that you start with the first course. It's $49, Right Size Your Home, course number one, shifting your mindset. So head to rightsizeyourhome.com.au and follow the training courses um, and select the, the one that you're after there. And I hope you love it as much as I did writing it. So thank you. And my closing message is once you believe in yourself, understanding you're doing the right thing, the project becomes purely a logistical process. Um, We'll see you next time. Thank you, Bevan. No dramas. Thank you. you. Cool.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Belinda Woolrich makes no representation and gives no warranty as to the accuracy of the information and does not accept any responsibility for any errors or inaccuracies in or omissions from the information contained herein, whether negligent or otherwise and shall not be liable for any loss or damage howsoever arising as a result of any person acting or refraining from acting in reliance on any information contained herein. No listener or workshop attendee shall rely solely on the information contained in this as it does not purport to be comprehensive to render specific advice. This disclaimer does not purport to exclude any warranties implied by law which may not be lawfully excluded. This workshop, which includes any resources supplied, is only for the use of the intended recipients and is confidential and or privileged. Belinda Warwick shall not be liable for any errors, emissions, viruses, loss and or damage arising from using, opening or transmitting this workshop.